2: On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name's Caitlin Durante. My name's Jamie Loftus. And this is our podcast in which we examine movies. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Should I keep going? Um, We examine movies from an intersectional feminist lens Mm -hmm. using the Bechtel test as a jumping off point. I I know what that
2: is. Okay. May uh, I? Jamie, I'm going to hand it off to you. Wow. We literally sound like we're like on PBS and we're like (laughs) doing a fundraiser. Um, yeah, I will. I will gladly pick up the mantle here. Um, Thank you so much. The Bechtel test is a media metric invented by queer cartoonist Alison Bechtel, sometimes called the Bechtel Wallace test, that requires that two, uh, for our purposes, our little, our little flourish, our little spin on it, our little mm-hmm. take on it. Everyone needs a little take on it. Here's ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> our version of the Bechtel test requires that two people of a marginalized gender uh, with names. By the way, mm-hmm. speak to mm-hmm. each other about something other than a man for two lines of dialogue. That's our little take on it. we wow. Most movies don't do it. A lot. Simply don't. Or, or this increasing trend that drives me, you know, just into the ground like a little screwdriver is they do pass the Bechdel test, but they still hate women. Like now it's like... <laughs> the whole thing where every director i feel like most directors have some functioning knowledge of the bechdel test at this point except for sofia coppola um (laughs) which is weird because her movies usually pass but like she didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. uh but now i feel like a lot of like misogynist directors do know what the bechdel test is make sure their movie passes it but they're like oh but still we're just gonna like brutalize every woman that's on screen but did she ask for a like a pudding from her daughter so it passes (laughs) therefore a feminist film right hate it hate it but you know what can you do
0: who was the actor i want to say it was diane lane but before i i'm going to confirm this are you
2: about to just fully (laughs) cancel diane lane live on the show my mom loves Under the Tuscan Sun. You've got to be careful. Oh, my gosh. Wow, Diane we should have Lane.
0: Jill on the podcast to talk about Under the Tuscan Sun. <laughs> under the...
2: I really can't think of someone more qualified to talk about Under the Tuscan Sun. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: okay. Let me just Google this. And then and if I'm wrong, I'll cut this out. And if I'm right, I'll say it.
2: Is it something nice about Diane Lane or something No, it's not. Okay, I'm,
0: I'm right. <gasps> okay, here's what it is. Whoa. Diane Lane, she accidentally called the Bechtel test the rectal test (laughs) Wait, (laughs) this happened a couple years ago she was talking about the pectal test and i think generally knew what it was but didn't know what the what the name of it was and she called it the rectal test
2: Uh, sometimes boomers really show up for you in a way (laughs) that you didn't expect Oh, Diane, you know, a- an effort was made and I uh I respect that. Oh, Knights in Rodanthe. People love Knights <laughs> in Rodanthe. <laughs> like she's been in every mom movie for the past 30 years. Wow. Yeah, was that a Nicholas Sparks adaptation? It was I know that she fucks Richard Gere in it. Yes, it is a Nicholas Sparks one. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, Richard Gere and Diane Lane fuck a lot in movies. This doesn't pass the Bechdel <laughs> test. <laughs>
0: Well, or nor does it pass the rectal test. So here's okay. Here's what happened. Diane Lane was doing an interview with Vanity Fair. Mm-hmm. She was talking about House of Cards. She oh god. She says, "Oh, but the show doesn't pass the rectal test, right? Am
2: I saying that right? <laughs> no. <laughs> the fact that it was for House of Cards makes it ten times more cursed. I on know. top of that, oh my god, what? She oh. in- <laughs> good for her. Um, yes. Should we talk about today's movie? Yes,
0: I'm so excited. (laughs) So our guest today, a returning guest, a friend of the show, he's a comedian, you remember him from our Men in Black episode, it's Sam Ike. Hi, Sam. hey, hey. hey.
4: Welcome back. (laughs) Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. So excited. We're delighted to have you. I love Diane Lane.
2: Oh, cool. really? Wait, what's your favorite Diane Lane performance?
4: Uh, I would go Unfaithful or Under the Tuscan Sun right
2: unfaithful mm. yeah yeah that she's fucking richard Gere in that one she's too. fucking
4: richard Gere in that one too yeah she's wow fu- yeah she's fucking a lot in that movie uh <laughs> yeah yeah she's fantastic in it um she i mean i don't know if there's a bad there there are movies where diane lane is in it and it's not good but i don't know if there's a bad diane lane movie
2: okay mm. sure I do. I feel like generally her starring vehicles are
4: yeah. either
2: really wholesome or like so aggressively horny.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Under the Tuscan Sun is like the best mixture of Unfaithful and Knights in Rodanthe. It's like the, <laughs> it's the Venn diagram of the, <laughs> <laughs> like, what is it? That purple? It's the, it's like the, yeah, it's like the Georgia yeah. of Diane Lane. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my god. Gosh. Gosh. Okay, um, I I feel
2: I feel a, a Patreon theme coming on. It, it turns out there's a ooh. lot to say about Diane Lane yeah. more than I realized. <laughs> Diane December maybe. Yeah, I, what if we were like we're not covering ha- ha- oh, not Halloween, like a holiday <laughs> movies this year, we're covering Diane Lane movies. So. <laughs> okay, we're going to run out of
0: holiday movies eventually, so we're going to have to pivot to something. Oh, had, I
2: hope so. <laughs> but as long as Vanessa Hudgens keeps you know, appearing in front of a green screen, <laughs> there's still going to be holiday movies.
4: Yeah, they, yeah the holiday movies are never going away. They're mm-hmm. never going away. It, that's one genre. It's like I think it's like holiday movies and horror movies. Those two are never going to go away.
2: I'm fine with it. I'm like, you know what? They're always going to be... Mostly bad, and I'm yeah. usually gonna watch them. Yeah,
4: and you really need you need just one location. You know what I mean? As mm-hmm. long as you got a place where you can put a fucking tree, and somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> and, and <laughs> somewhere where you can like, you need the woods, right? You need somewhere where you can kill someone in a remote place for a horror movie, mm. and then you need a place where you can have a Christmas tree, and you can do a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's
2: like a pretty COVID safety friendly genres yeah, too,
4: yeah, too. Exactly. yeah 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 oh man what are the best genres for covid <laughs> oh,
2: that's so, like what are really that's so depressing but that? also it's like we were talking about this on the on the patreon a couple of oh during december where it was um some some of the like low rent uh, holiday movies i watched this year you can tell they were shot with covid restrictions because they'll be like Like, there'll be scenes that take place adjacent to a party, but you never see the party because there's no party. Like, just. (laughs) And then you can hear, like, party dot, you know, MP3 kind of playing in the background. But it's just two people in a room because Uh it's not safe to have anyone else there. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, what a time to be alive. Wow. Happy belated birthday, Diane Lane.
0: She just turned 56 this week oh wow incredible happy birthday (laughs) this is a diane lane podcast now so So, let's talk about today's actual movie which does not star diane lane it doesn't uh it is the movie hollywood shuffle sam tell us about your relationship with this movie
4: um yeah okay so i'm pretty sure it came out the year i was born and uh, yeah <laughs> it stars Robert Townsend, who's one of my like childhood idols. Keen Waynes co-wrote it with um another one of my childhood idols. And it is one of the to me personally, it's one of the funniest movies ever made. Um it's sketches all linked towards this, this actor named Bobby Taylor and his uh Triumphs and Struggles of Trying to Be a Black Actor in Hollywood and it's um it's it, I saw it when I was I don't know probably in high school and mm-hmm. just because I like I I knew I would I loved In Living Color a uh, scary movie was like the funniest thing I'd ever seen at that point I was like I don't know 15 mm-hmm. or whatever and um mm-hmm. sure and then I saw this movie and I just I've I've watched it so many times it's definitely definitely one of the most we comedies for me personally
5: mm-hmm.
4: yeah i i just absolutely love it it's 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 just one of those movies that like every joke is just like so fuck it's so quotable and it's also just one of those things where it's like i didn't have that many like all black films that were this funny you know you, there weren't mm-hmm. that many black comedies and this one is just like it's amazing and it's also the other thing is like how hard it was for Robert Townsend to make this movie that Mm
5: -hmm. yeah
4: and and the whole point of it being so inspiring um it is one of like I am a mostly cynical person when it comes to those things in films but like it is Mm -hmm. one of those films that actually did that for me Mm -hmm. uh
5: yeah
4: it's one of the few movies that I actually feel like uh I don't know hope I guess when I watch it (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like yeah hell yeah uh I don't, Was that was that too long? We can cut, dude. No,
2: no. say okay. say
4: more. I didn't. I don't. <laughs>
2: just, that was beautiful.
4: I, I, I was just. I was waiting for you guys to be like, oh, now we gotta go to an ad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, that's great. Um, Jamie, what's your
0: uh, relationship and history with this movie?
2: Uh, I'd never seen this movie before. I know, uh, I knew of Robert Townsend because I used to watch reruns of The Parenthood when I was little. <laughs> so that was primarily how I knew who he was, was via Parenthood uh, reruns. But I I didn't honestly know that much about, like, what his background was. And this movie is so fucking good. Like, I'm disappointed in myself. I haven't seen it sooner. It was so much fun. It's so, like, the story behind it was really cool. And I Mm -hmm. feel like... um, you know, if you haven't seen this movie, you should stop the podcast and watch it now. It's on Pluto TV. You have no excuse not to watch it.
5: <laughs> yeah. I
2: watched it on
0: a uh, Canopy with my library card, Ooh, or not? Is it Canopy okay. or
2: Hoopla? Maybe I think it was on Hoopla. You've read a book that would I that would be better than Pluto TV because it just we were talking about this off mic. Pluto TV is such a cursed application. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What was your experience with this movie, Caitlin? I saw it in
0: college as a part of where I did go, not once, but twice. I, of course, hate to bring this up, but in my (laughs) undergrad education... I was taking like a film studies or a film history class and they were just kind of running through the whole like American film his- history and this got shown I think as a movie because we there was like a section on black exploitation films mm-hmm. and then I think this movie got shown to uh, us because it was like and here's a response to like the black exploitation movement. So I saw it then and I remember thinking it was super funny and just like really poignant, but I, I hadn't watched it since then. Mm. So I was excited to revisit it. And I think there's a lot to talk about
2: and yeah. I'm excited. There was one there's, I usually like, I don't know. Sometimes when there are sketches in movies, I get turned off, but it works so perfectly in this movie like Mm -hmm. it's so and all the sketches are so funny like
4: yeah uh, yeah and it's one of those things where it's like it's interesting now watching it because like every aspect of hollywood shuffle is kind of like integrated in different mediums where there wouldn't be a movie like this anymore like there's a podcast about Mm -hmm. these subjects there's more sketches on youtube of this like every part Mm -hmm. of it is like broken out in a different way now where uh Mm -hmm. It's just, it's such a interesting time capsule. And it's also so fascinating how much of it holds up, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not to say there are parts of it that don't hold up
5: there. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hold <But> on. <laughs>
0: we'll talk about
2: them. I had no uh, notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, I, I love. I mean, it was like, I kind of wish I, like, I had watched this in film school because it literally is like a mini film history, like <laughs> the funniest version of it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> for sure. Should I do the recap? Let's do it.
0: And we'll go from there. Okay. So we open on Bobby Taylor, who's played by Robert Townsend, who directed, produced, and co-wrote this movie. Oh, yeah. Like a quadruple threat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby is an actor who is practicing for an upcoming movie audition and the role he is auditioning for is Jimmy who it's a little vague, exactly who Jimmy is, but he's like a gang leader or like a pimp or something along those lines.
4: Um, so- <laughs> I'm sorry, there's just something so funny about listening to you describe that. Like, <laughs> we we open we open on Jimmy. He may be a pimp or a drug dealer. He he's a some kind of scallywag. <laughs> I've become slightly British. He's some sort of scallywag.
2: (laughs) He goes full Paddington on it.
4: I just just love how you're so fascinated by who is Jimmy? What is is the storyline in this movie? Who is Jimmy?
2: (laughs) Uh, Yep. We know that he needs revenge. That's what we know
4: about Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy needs to revenge. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't mean, but like when we now, I kind of want to talk about Jimmy's revenge as a movie. (laughs) Should we wait, or do we, or do we get into it now? (laughs) We well. Because it is kind of
0: fascinating. <laughs> it is. I I would have liked to have seen the movie that they make within this movie because <laughs> yeah. it would have been probably the worst movie ever made. Like, it would be such a mess. Like, Jimmy's, like, the monologue that Bobby is practicing oh is, God. like, so just, like, bizarre and repetitive <laughs> and, like, obviously extremely racist. And it's just, like a
4: mess yeah that's the thing that i don't understand it's called jimmy's revenge jimmy's brother dies jimmy is already at the scene when he dies Mm -hmm. the guy who killed him is there He's there so jimmy's about to attack him i assume that's what he's talking about the whole time so uh-huh. how long is this movie? Like doesn't he get the <laughs> like that's what I kept thinking about when I was like when it's... you when you just brought that up, I was like, wait, yeah, how long it's Jimmy's revenge. He's Jim yeah. it, you know what I mean? He's Jimmy. Yeah. It's, it's... all right,
0: it's happening right there. It's, it's right... maybe it's a short <laughs> film. It's it's a it's a seven minute film. <laughs>
2: Uh, I didn't even connect that I was like wow I should have been thinking harder about Jimmy and what what his cults were that's on me because
4: what happens Um, after
2: right We we never
0: see so Jimmy is like not the best role but even so if Bobby gets this part it will be a big break in his career then we meet bobby's mom his grandma and his little brother we see a commercial for a tv show about mr batty or something like that it's a show where a, a half man half bat lives with a white suburban family batty
2: boy <laughs> batty boy it's batty boy
4: hey you know what you guys should do for your next patreon you should just do Durante just fucking just doing descriptions of of (laughs) sketches (laughs) we there was a bat who's half man half bat he was living in the suburbs of Michigan (laughs) I love listening to you describe all of these this is great oh
0: now I feel self-conscious okay no no
4: this is this is no you you're, you're you're so accurate you you know what I mean? You're accurate, Ooh, you're you so clear, much. it's 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 great. I'm loving what you're doing. <laughs> I just never heard anybody actually describe what happens in the sketches in the Hollywood <laughs> shuffle before and it's mind blowing <laughs> to me. Like, yeah. Just to hear half man, half bat. Was so <laughs> much... <laughs>
2: I mean that's the way he's described in the movie. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is even funnier because he's just wearing a costume from my party. Like,
5: <laughs> just... <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> I, I would That's
4: another thing. What's the background on Batty? Like, how? Well, why is he with know. that family? Like. I don't know. How did he get there? Is it a fresh Prince of Bel Air situation where he was like <laughs> <Does> he <laughs> he's sent over because like the like the like you know, it's just it's tough for a bat in like LA, so he's gotta go.
0: <laughs> he got in one little fight and his mom got
4: scared.
2: <laughs> so we're gonna go send you uh to live with this white family in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he's a grown man too.
4: He's like, yeah. uh-huh. it's not like he's growing up with the kids. You know, he's like a young. It's not like a Casper situation. He's like a fully. He's grown. He's a full adult. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Oh, I this. only bring up Batty Boy because he'll he comes back later. So you know, I have to I have to plant <laughs> <Yeah>. the seed. <laughs> It'll pay There's off. some plants and
2: pay off with yeah. Batty Boy.
0: <laughs> there, there is. Chekhov's baddie boy.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so anyway, so we see that commercial. Then we see Bobby call out of work because, and he's like, I have to go to the dentist, but it's really so he can go to this audition. Um, Then we see a montage of other Black actors auditioning for various roles, but many of them are there for the same role that Bobby is there for. And then he talks to another actor who comments on how this role of Jimmy is like a white man's stereotype of a Black man and how the only roles that Hollywood ever lets them play are slaves and butlers and things like that.
2: Remember he's like time to go audition and then right,
0: right. comes back later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to Bobby having kind of like a daydream fantasy thing, which uh, which is a commercial for Black Acting School, which I think is one of the most famous scenes from this movie. Yeah, yeah. where basically it's a school where white teachers teach black actors how to play criminals, gang leaders, pimps, drug dealers all manner of roles like that.
4: <laughs> it's such a great scene. It's yeah, so good. It's, it's so, so good. <laughs>
2: and knowing that I didn't know that like Robert Townsend was like a second city guy and knowing that made it an even better viewing experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh
4: my God. I, and I love the audition scenes where you're seeing all those different actors coming in and it, when that one that one like scholarly actor comes in and then they, <laughs> yeah. they're like you're the worst actor. He's like I could try it in an <laughs> and then I am it. And then when they had the actual gang member and, he's in and he pulls out the knife and I was like I was like this is this is it it's oh, it's such a great sequence. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I want to talk all about that because there's like a lot of really good commentary in that montage that we'll we'll discuss. Yeah. Um, so then Bobby goes to work at the hot dog stand where he works, and the actor who plays Batty Boy shows up, and Bobby is like,
2: "Hey!" In like a gigantic limousine. <laughs> yep. It's great.
0: And Bobby asks him about acting and how can you tell if a script is good. And Batty Boy is like, "Well, if your character doesn't die, then it's a good script." And we're like, "Oh wow, the bar is low." Um, <laughs> then we see we see a scene where Bobby has like been playing basketball with his friends, and then they talk about how there needs to be more black film critics. And then we cut to another kind of fantasy daydream of bobby's about these two black guys who sneak into movies and then review them and then we see knockoff versions of amadeus indiana jones dirty harry And then a zombie movie. Mm -hmm. Then Bobby gets a call from his agent saying that the casting directors at the audition really liked him and that he has gotten a callback. But they're looking for an Eddie Murphy type. So then we get another dream sequence where Bobby's at his callback saying that he doesn't want to be Eddie Murphy. He just wants to be himself. But then he like can't help but to do an Eddie Murphy impression.
2: It's great. And then this is the same year that Robert Townsend directs Raw. Like, it's all, yeah.
0: It's so good.
4: Are you reading this?
0: I I wrote this down and yes, I am reading it.
4: Okay. I was just thinking, I was like, holy shit. It was like, I was like did you you just rewatch this like yesterday like I was like, <laughs> I was like you can recite this whole thing
0: <laughs> Sam I write it down
5: <laughs>
0: otherwise I will forget everything um yeah I re- I read that Eddie Murphy saw Hollywood Shuffle and mm-hmm. like demanded that Robert Townsend direct his stand-up special. Oh, That's
2: yeah. the That's best. Awesome. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I, I didn't know that. I don't know. I just like w- did a deep dive on Robert Townsend last night. Cause I'm like, how <laughs> I just know him as the guy from the parenthood, um, <laughs> where like when he was like in his early twenties, he was like passed over for SNL in favor of Eddie Murphy. He just like Eddie Murphy uh, was like haunting his life. And then they became friends. Uh, it was great. I love that Yeah.
0: Um, okay, so then we see Bobby quit his job at the hot dog stand, banking on making it as an actor, and then he visits his uncle at a barbershop, and he's, he expresses some concerns about, oh, what if he's not good enough? What if I don't make it as an actor? He goes to his callback and nails it, and he gets the part. And he celebrates with uh, his girlfriend, I think, uh, Lydia.
2: Yeah, we're supposed to think she's an important character because she's on the poster for the movie. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I can't name one thing about her other than she certainly is a girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> they watch a detective movie with
0: his grandmother who comes in and sits between them. And then we get a sequence of this detective movie that they're watching where Robert Townsend plays like a film noir detective solving a murder. Then he's about to go in for his first day of shooting this movie, Jimmy's Revenge, which again is a seven minute short film. We've decided... (laughs) (laughs) And he reads this note from his little brother about how his brother really looks up to Bobby. And then Bobby overhears his grandma talking about how she doesn't want him adding to the negative portrayals of black people in movies. And she thinks he should get a job at the post office. Then he shows up to set. And he hears that the NAACP is going to picket the movie because of its racist stereotypes. So then we see another dream sequence where he's being picketed and then his grandma and his little brother and his girlfriend disown him.
2: And then they kill him. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
5: i love when the
4: kid's like if you if you print that i'll sue sue. (laughs) oh that
5: kid is
2: so cute i'm like yes where are they now the character's
0: name i forget his little brother's stevie right
2: stevie
0: stevie is so cute and funny a plus child actor truly So then we're back in reality. He shoots a scene from the movie, but his character is just so reductive and the direction he's getting from the white filmmakers is very racist and his grandma and little brother are so disappointed in him and he's disappointed in himself. So Bobby quits and walks off the set. Then there's another dream sequence where he's imagining himself in all of these awesome movie roles and then he imagines himself winning an Oscar. And then the movie ends with him doing a commercial for the post office saying, you know, if you can't take pride in your work, you can always get a job at the post office. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the movie ends. Except for that song at the end. The song during oh, the ex- credits. And then, right. Then there's a fun, like, moral of the story song over <laughs> the credits. <laughs> and then the movie ends.
4: Yeah. <laughs> And before that there's the Hollywood that that credit sequence. They had that song One in a Million and it's so good. I love mm-hmm. that I love that song. And they play it at the beginning of the movie too. It's yeah. Oh, it's delightful. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh. Just a like, great soundtrack.
0: What uh, a way to bookend okay. a movie.
4: <laughs>
0: so that's the story. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back to discuss. <laughs>
2: It's
1: just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent,
3: only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
2: Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do, too.
4: And we're back.
5: <laughs> 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 the initiative. <Thank> you. Wow. <laughs> All
4: right, and we're gonna take a quick quick commercial break. <laughs> I always wanted to I always wanted to say that.
0: <laughs> well I'll cut, I'll, I'll splice that audio into oh, the no. next time we have it. No. no, I'm doing no, it. No, it won't, it won't,
4: <laughs> it won't feel organic, it will, it, will, it's, it won't feel right. <laughs> okay,
0: well, we'll, I, we'll figure, we'll figure out a way to make this work. I just want to earn it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to have that ability to just be like in the middle of this podcast, be like, oh, I think this is a good time for a break.
2: Oh, well.
0: <laughs> Make the call. Well, we'll leave this up to you, Sam. So you better not <laughs> screw it
4: up. Oh man, I'm gonna forget so quickly. <laughs> it's gonna be like that four or five thing again.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Well, now that we are back, thanks to Sam taking the lead. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, this movie is just like it's one big string of commentary on the way black people are represented in hollywood like that's very clearly the agenda yeah. of this movie and that is very clearly what's coming across so yeah i kind of just made a list of the different things that we get commentary on mm-hmm. um so basically Whoa.
4: you guys bought like google sheets and shit this is oh, awesome <laughs>
0: We bring, I'm telling you, Sam. we write we things down. notes. <laughs> we simply
4: bring yo, notes. Yo, you guys got mad notes, dog. Yo, <laughs> yo you, you brought mad notes. This is Yo, for real. For real. This is like, no lie. This is like, wow. All right. Yeah, well. Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> so there's effective commentary on... Obviously, the roles that tend to be only available to black actors, such as especially so, this movie came out in 1987. This is more true then than it is now, but a lot of these things that get commented on are still current problems in Hollywood 30 years later. Yeah. So, the roles that tend to only be available for black actors, such as playing slaves pimps gang leaders drug dealers any kind of criminal really Mm -hmm. and just commentary on how damaging that is to black people there's commentary on the expectation of white filmmakers for black actors to like act more black quote unquote Mm -hmm. or to mimic an existing bankable movie star who is black rather than like let black actors just like be themselves or like figure out their own
2: brand. And there's all that mention of Eddie Murphy, of course. And how... Right. Like they, they just reference black actors who have already tested well with white audiences. Right. And they don't want to stray outside of the black actors that they know test well with white audiences. Mm-hmm. And then as far as like the, when uh, black women are auditioning for these parts, it's like, they're always about to be, murdered or assaulted like there's not even there's it's it's even worse Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. there's commentary on light-skinned black
0: actors we see two light-skinned black guys at this audition at the beginning of the movie one of them is saying how like white casting directors were telling him that he wasn't black enough for the part the other one is saying how like they weren't sure if he was black or not. And then he says how he uses suntan lotion now. And I wasn't, was the implication that he was like intentionally trying to keep himself as light as possible so that he could pass as white and then therefore get more roles.
4: Yeah. Was that what was happening there? Okay. I I think the, I think he was trying to say he was trying to like come off as like, like dark skin Italian or something like that.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Mm, I got
4: it. I think that's what it was said. I don't know. I, I, I didn't fucking bring notes, dog. Like I, <laughs> I feel so. Where are your yeah, notes? Yeah, like, like yo, I fucking I, <laughs> I did not bring notes, and I feel bad. <laughs> don't worry no. about it. Oh
2: my god, no. I I liked, I mean, it was the uh, colorism came up a bunch Mm -hmm. throughout this movie. It comes up in the, um, in the black acting school sketch as well. Like it comes up all the time. And we we were, I don't know, we we were just talking about colorism in our Selena episode a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And this is a movie that literally lays out all Mm -hmm. of those talking points in the funniest way possible Mm -hmm. And it also overlaps with like how uh, Latinx actors are stereotyped because they like end up casting. I think in Jimmy's Revenge they end up casting light skinned black actors to play Latinx roles, and like mm-hmm. it just becomes a just a, a big racist mess. Like, yeah, it's right? Just, and and it's all like laid out for you. In I don't know. I had to like rewind a couple times because I was like laughing because it's funny, <laughs> and then I was like, wait a second. They just said something really, really important, and then I had to like do a do an intellectual watch after after. Yeah,
4: it's the kind of thing of it's just like any minority would do, you know, and uh-huh. and that was and that's like that's something that you, it still didn't change at all, really, in the nineties. You know, it was um, mm-hmm. in the uh, black acting school. Like one of the things that always like strikes me. One of the things that's like always so funny with the black acting school is just like when they have the white actors show the black actors like how to walk and stuff. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. it's just it's just my it's it's one of those things that's like I'm watching this movie and I think about like what it is now thirty years later and it's like that's like the equivalent of like when white people are like oh yeah you talk white like you know like it's that same kind mm-hmm. of it's that same kind of thing. Mm.
0: Yeah. And like you see Bobby like in a bunch of different scenes having to code switch from just like the way he normally talks to the way the white filmmakers want him to talk when he's like acting in the audition or like on set yeah, because they want him to be more of what they think a black person is and how they think a black person talks. And there's even a line In the end credits song, where one of the white filmmakers says that he learned about black people from TV, and he's sort of using that as like his defense and his excuse, but those racist portrayals influenced his racist portrayals. So, you know, you just get this like never ending cycle of negative representation in media because rich white people are making all of the decisions.
4: Oh and and just the idea of Jimmy himself like the the character of Jimmy like this i this podcast is mostly going to be about Jimmy's revenge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we should we of should course. just title this Jimmy's revenge. <laughs> <laughs> uh but like Jimmy's revenge it's like he audi- he brings to it in the audition such a ridiculous like stereotype because he mm-hmm. knows that's what would appease them. Right. Yeah. Because like Jimmy in and of itself if you just like It's like, oh, yeah, this could have been, like, a tough guy, but they, like, purposely want this, like, foolish, you know, buffoon. And it's like, yeah, that's that's a part that's, like, always got to me. Mm,
0: Definitely. And there's commentary in this movie as well on... Black actors resenting these like racist stereotypical roles that they are presented with and not wanting to play them, but having to do it anyway because they need work, they need to be able to to support themselves, and those are the only roles available to them,
4: so they (laughs) can't turn them
0: down even though they're so regressive and reductive.
4: Like that actor Mm -hmm. who's like who keeps going to Bobby and being like, I can't believe that someone would do this part, and then he's like, I. I'm going.
2: <laughs> and then he takes it. Yeah, Cause it, right. Yeah. And I like, doesn't he, it's it's him who comes back at the end. Yeah. Right. And yeah. like, he, he goes back. He's just like clearly resentful that Bobby has gotten the part, but trying to like high ground it. He's like, yeah, I don't know if I would have taken on such an offensive role, but you know, but he's there in the same movie doing a smaller <laughs> right. role, doing.
4: which, which to me is like the equivalent of like people like, commenting on a tweet you know what I mean it's like oh I have this Mm. moral superiority but yet I'm going to engage in like the same behavior you know like I I, yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's real blue check behavior he's displaying there (laughs) yeah I, I think that the way that this movie kind of lays out just the predicament that Bobby and all of these black actors are in is like even with how they're received by the black community, like it's they like you just can't win because it's like okay, if you want to be an actor, there are only these offensive roles available. So the option is to either quit what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. or. Play the game, and then now, like your grandma doesn't respect you, and like that, like that is so. I don't know. Like I'd never seen that laid out so well.
4: Yeah, I I completely agree. But I I think you're also forgetting about the third option, which is to be the best actor in a post office commercial.
2: (laughs) That
5: is true. That's always like
4: the third option is you can be Flo, the progressive lady of the U.S. Postal Service, (laughs) and. If you could pull, if you could get that, I mean it's kind of the best of both worlds. So like let's always remember the third option is always on the table.
2: <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that is that is the hero's journey here. <laughs>
4: I like to think that's the only commercial he ever does too, and he just <laughs> makes bank. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's like the residuals uh, had to have been sweet on that, and it was timeless. Yeah. It wasn't a dated looking commercial. Anytime I hear about people being in commercials, I'm like, holy shit! Like, it's ridiculous money. I'm. I hope that he bought a house with his postal service commercial
0: (laughs) yeah because you know how federally funded the united states post office
2: is just paying millions of dollars to advertise all the time (laughs) that's true hey sent any mail lately (laughs) Uh, i love it
4: yo people need stamps and they don't know where to go
2: (laughs) that's where bobby comes this is a
4: this is a great time for nad if you're looking for (laughs) stamps in your town hall but you don't know where to go in the middle of your place of business you can always go to the post office
0: <laughs> well sam a ringing endorsement of the united <laughs> states postal service you can cut that
4: I'll, you're gonna cut that. no i'm keeping it. no i'm <laughs> no. keeping it
2: <laughs> also the post office is having a bit of a moment right now mm. so
4: yo you know. people about the post office
2: I've seen people in post office crop tops. I'm like, what is yeah, going on I, here? I bought so much post office merch pre-election. <laughs> yeah. It
0: was, yeah. But I want to talk about, I think, like, the real third option here, which is to do what Robert Townsend did, which is he, like, yeah. wrote this movie, co-wrote this movie, directed it, produced it, funded it himself. Mm-hmm. It only had a $100,000 budget. The movie made $5 million at the box office, which, you know, Isn't a lot of money, but comparatively, for the small budget it was on, it was,
2: like, considered a big success. And then he got an amazing career out of it. He was, like, directing Eddie Murphy specials by the end of that calendar year. Mm -hmm. Like, that's (laughs)
0: amazing. So it's, yeah, and I wanted to... I found an article Vanity Fair. from Vanity Fair. Yes, I love when we wow. find the same research. research. <laughs>
2: Both finding the one article. <laughs> <That's>...
4: <laughs> Yo, your note. You guys take so many notes that your notes come together. Like that's your notes are symbiotic. It's like Venom and Tom Hardy. <laughs>
5: wow i
0: i was not expecting you to use that reference (laughs) yo me either
4: (laughs) you think you think you think i came in here with notes nah Nah man I'm t- I'm straight up improv and that's the best I could come up with.
0: Oh, was- <laughs> a venom reference.
4: Incredible. I did not pre a ve- a venom reference.
2: That's the new like y- that's like the new yin and yang. It's just <laughs> Tom Hardy and Venom. <laughs> oh well, wow, we have fun. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, that Vanity Fair piece is great. The,
5: yes,
0: yes, um, yes. I wanted to read a little bit yeah. from it just to give a little bit of background yeah. on Robert Townsend and sort of like how this movie came together. So the article is entitled, 30 Years Later, The Searing Critiques of Hollywood Shuffle Still Sting. Uh, quote, Townsend was inexperienced. He didn't go to film school and hadn't directed a short film. So he had not directed... um. <laughs> Jimmy's
2: Revenge before. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he still snuck it in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Mank. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, he didn't go to film school and hadn't directed a short film, but determined to tell a story about being marginalized by the industry. In 1984, he had a small role in the Oscar nominated A Soldier's Story. I told my agent I want to do more movies like this, Townsend tells Vanity Fair. My agent was like, Robert, they only do one black movie a year. You just did it. Be happy. But Townsend wasn't happy, so he talked to his friend Waynes, whom he'd met at the Improv in New York. I thought my dream of being an artist was dying, because at the time, the only roles Keenan and I were auditioning for were slaves and pimps and stereotypes of basketball players who couldn't read, Townsend said. It was all the negative stuff. And then Keenan and I started talking and I was like, we should do a movie about our lives. That's how it started. And then they wrote the script together without any studio backing, though Townsend was faced with financing the film on his own. Uh, He says, quote, the idea of somebody writing, directing and producing and starring in a movie, especially a person of color, wasn't heard of. Everybody said the bar was so high you couldn't get in if you didn't have millions and millions of dollars. Uh, and then he eventually uh, raised a hundred thousand dollars to make Shuffle using money he earned from acting gigs as well as credit cards. and mm. quote. So
2: the rest is history. Rest yeah, yeah I, is history. I I love the story of how this movie was made, and that it actually, i mean, it's it is kind of like that thing that we talk about on the show pretty frequently is, Hollywood refusing to make a movie that audiences clearly want to see because once it is made like against all odds it does super well and like mm-hmm. this made back its budget 50 times like it launched the career of, of a few different people and like it it's always so frustrating like when mm-hmm. you're like why why wouldn't you just make a movie with a black <laughs> auteur? Like why? Why?
4: Yeah. And it's that like Van Gogh thing of like you know, Townsend never really got the credit for this movie and yet it's like it's such a cornerstone of like so much that comes after it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh it's 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 really amazing thinking of like how much stuff has been made and it's like, oh this is this seems like a thing from Hollywood Shuffle and how many careers were made from it. Yeah. Like, uh, it's it's really like amazing. And then when you look at Townsend's career after this movie, it's like he, for the most part, doesn't make, he doesn't make a movie like anything that he actually lampooned in Hollywood Shuffle. And that's one of the most, mm. like, amazing things about his career is, like, he kind of stuck to, for better or for worse, he stuck to the Hollywood Shuffle. Like, he, he,
5: mm-hmm.
4: you know, he makes, like, a biofilm, he makes uh, a, a family sitcom, a black superhero movie, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like... It's kind of like it's kind of remarkable that he actually like still stuck to those principles, I guess,
2: yeah, yeah, he's a man of integrity, I love.
4: I'm like <laughs>
2: oh, he's great, mm-hmm. um and then and, and and I guess just going off as as amazing as it is that he was able to make this movie the way he was, it is like it's both inspiring and kind of like it because we've heard this story of like marginalized filmmakers having to like jump through all sorts of hoops financially and production-wise in order to get their first movie made mm-hmm. and then you hear other stories of like Wes Anderson was just handed 10 million dollars right. he couldn't even write uh, on paper and they said <laughs> this boy I like I like the cut of his jib and he seems like he'll come up he'll come up with something and <laughs> right. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's like these, you know, and it's like whatever. That's no shade to Wes Anderson; he figured it out eventually. But like, you know, it just just the disparity in like who is handed money, even though they're not even qualified, and. Like amazing mm-hmm. artists with like a really clear perspective like Robert Townsend. And I'm also thinking of like Jeff Barnaby, like his story of mm-hmm. making rhymes for young ghouls or uh, a woman walks home at alone at night. I got the title wrong. <laughs> but like all of these like really amazing movies with the with- that are just different like yeah. d- the the climb to get it released and like made the way the director wants is so steep yep. and meanwhile we're just handing Wes Anderson a blank check and being like you'll figure it out 22 year old <laughs> like good luck it's infuriating there's even some
0: commentary similar to that in Hollywood Shuffle uh, yeah. where there's a scene where toward the end Bobby is like observing white actors in the, the, the studio that he's in Basically, it's just like, yeah, white actors are given the freedom to take on roles that aren't these racist stereotypes, obviously. Like, they they can audition for a wider scope of parts. Because you yeah. see him watching, like, two white actors rehearse a scene where they're, like, professing their love for each other. And then he sees another white action star who's, like, making demands of the script. And then, like, the white producers are, like, acquiescing to his demands for the most part. So... yeah.
4: Hey, I was just thinking, man, I would love to see Wes Anderson direct a remake of Hollywood Shuffle. That would be
5: <laughs> I... You know? What? That would
4: be so amazing. Oh All the parts would be played by Ralph Fines and fuck it. <laughs> a
2: perfectly symmetrical reimagining. <laughs>
4: Or it was the same movie, and it was all black actors, but they were all wearing bow ties. Like...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Same cast. Same cast, just in both <laughs> eyes. And then there's just like so much
0: headroom above
2: every, uh, the actors in every shot. Oh my God. I like, I know that
4: Wes Anderson is a competent
2: filmmaker. I just get exhausted even thinking about watching one of his movies. It's just, there's just too much. It's too much.
4: I like Moonrise Kingdom a lot. I like that one. I still haven't mm. seen that. I like that one a lot. I didn't see the I didn't see the dog one. Oh, Isle of Dogs. I did not like I Love
0: Dogs really at all. You didn't like that one.
2: Mm-mm. I think it's funny that it's called I Love Dogs. It took me <laughs> forever to figure out that it's just called I Love Dogs. Like, yeah. Oh, me too.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know Marley and Me was a uh, was about a dog.
2: Um, oh yeah, yeah. isn't that dog? Dog dies. Is yeah. that right?
4: I thought Marley was. Sorry, spoilers for Marley. (laughs) I thought it was like a Julia and Julia thing with Bob Marley. (laughs) Like I. I... Wow, Uh, Sam,
0: you have to write that script.
5: (laughs) Oh my god.
4: Just Amy Adams just being just being like, I love weed.
2: Like. <laughs> it's the exact same setup as Julie and Julie.
4: <laughs> Exact same movie. Oh,
5: wow. I really want to
4: see
0: that. Hey Sam, this would be a, a really interesting time to um take an ad break just in case we oh, wanted to
4: Hey guys, you know what? This conversation is great, but you know what's even better? What? ads we should take <laughs> <laughs> we should be... we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back folks
1: incredible focus features presents back to black
2: i want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles
1: experience the music and her story
2: know like this i ain't no spy girl
1: like never before
2: that's my daughter that's my amy
1: Big screen. I want to be
2: remembered for just
1: being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated
3: R, under 17, not a minute, without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
2: Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online.
4: is it is this going okay i'm sorry oh my god
5: i'm having an absolute
0: ball
4: i just feel like i just i just feel like your your uh listeners are gonna be like what the what the hell they let the guy do the ads now
5: (laughs) <laughs>
0: only, only for you. We, we, we make this exception for you and you alone, Sam. Only, only
2: friends can <laughs> toss a to break. Also, <laughs> we.
0: Well, I'm surprised we have not brought this up yet. But the the episode that we did with you a few years ago now was a live yeah. episode that we recorded in Boston, and because it was in Boston, Jamie's mom was there.
5: Mm -hmm. (laughs) and jamie's mom
0: (laughs) that fateful meeting (laughs) for anyone who remembers this on the men in black episode was aggressively hitting
2: on Sam during the show loudly. You can, it was, sparks were flying in the middle of our podcast.
5: <laughs> also
2: the room that that was like the, the, the smaller theater at Improv Boston, like you, you can't overstate how physically close the audience is to you. Mm-hmm. Like, so my mom could have just reached out and like held your hand. Like, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it should have happened, honestly. Yes,
4: I mean it still can. It still can. It's still, it can. still <laughs> can.
2: what's it's stopping never you. never too late. It's never too late.
4: Honestly, no doubt. Like I added your mom on Facebook immediately after the show.
2: <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's wow. still. It's not. It's not too late. My mom just bring over a Diane Lane DVD. ish
4: yeah, <laughs> Yo, I got that. I got that. Diane Lane DVD, <laughs> uh, candle.
2: Mm-hmm. What,
4: oh, was it Ann, Taylor?
2: Yeah, it's a, mm. an
4: Ann <laughs> yeah, Taylor? yeah. An Ann Taylor candle. That's what and, I'm going to bring. Oh, wow.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> She'll, she will be disarmed. She won't know what to do. <laughs> She'll be like, I've only ever seen this in a Diane Lane movie before. I can't believe it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <No.
5: laughs>
4: Well. I mean, honestly, for real, I mean, you know, like, you know, all joking aside, I just I I really think your mom's like just 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 a great just a great woman. And, you know, I think it's amazing how she just raised such a loving and caring uh, family. And, uh, you know, and if she's listening, like, you know, my DMs are open. <laughs>
2: Jill you hear that Jill? DM this man don't blow this I'm very attached to the idea of Sam uh, becoming my dad so this would be huge for me Uh, so am I so am I
5: Uh,
0: well Here's, okay, (laughs) here's where I would like to get into some of the more criticism of this movie, because uh, while there is a lot of very effective commentary in the movie, there are some parts that um, just the movie kind of fails to touch on, uh, and I'm talking mostly about how Black women are largely left out of this commentary. Yeah. Black women are not entirely absent, because there are different moments where some of the black actors who are women are talking about how they are usually only cast in like sex worker roles. Yeah. Or,
2: or just straight up murder victim Mm -hmm. roles. Right. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. One of the things that stuck out to me was like, I feel like we're led to believe that women are more involved in this movie than they are. Like the marketing of this movie, um, Anne Marie Johnson, who plays, uh bobby's girlfriend lydia mm-hmm. like she's on the poster and then you're like oh so this is like she's gonna be involved but she's kind of she uh, we don't i mean i couldn't tell you a thing about this character that isn't uh she's bobby's girlfriend right his girlfriend
5: his girlfriend <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, which sucks because it's like the performance is really Was cool that and your Ron there's a lot Perlman? of opportunity no, there.
4: That's I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that that sounded like Ron Perlman.
0: No, that was uh, me quoting ourselves on this very podcast for a long running joke, which you'd know if you'd ever listen Sam. No, holy kidding. shit! Well, I,
4: I I listen to. I listen to every episode. I get ten minutes in. I'm like, no Ron Perlman ups- uh, reference. I'm, I'm out. out. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with every single podcast. That's why. That's why I didn't get in into serial. I. I really,
2: I'm getting really into the Ron Perlman Beauty and the Beast series. We ooh, talked about it on a past yeah. episode, but I just kind of kept watching it. <laughs> Uh but yeah, like uh Anne Marie Johnson who like goes on to have like a, a pretty great career. She was like on In Living Color. That's where I yeah. realized that I recognized her from in the middle of watching this movie. Um but it's there's so many opportunities for Lydia in this movie that I feel like are all kind of dropped in and we mostly see her in like either she's being supportive towards Bobby, which is great, but like that's kind of it. Or you see her in like a fantasy that Bobby is having about her, not fantasy, like a nightmare sequence where she all of a sudden isn't supportive of him. Mm -hmm. But that is really the only two modes we see her in is like supporting my boyfriend or not supporting my boyfriend. (laughs) We know where she works. Yeah. That's it. That's it. (laughs) And I mean, not only could we just
0: have seen more of her, there was just, there's just so much room for commentary on the way black women are represented in Hollywood. And there Mm -hmm. just really isn't much in the way of that commentary at all. There's another moment where in the audition scene toward the beginning of the movie, there are two women who are talking to each other about one of them had been invited over to a movie director's house at midnight. Yeah. And instead of there being any kind of commentary on how women and particularly women of color are exploited by powerful people in the entertainment industry, instead of that, a joke is made about how the woman was like, of course, I went to his house and I was one minute early. Tee So just like there were opportunities. Feminism.
4: I was rewatching this movie this morning and I was like, yo. That's gonna be a Bechdel cast note. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: was
4: like, "Yo, they're gonna mention that on the Bechdel cast." <laughs> and were you right?
2: It's yeah. true though, because it's like there was a, like a moment in the movie where, like, Robert Townsend is beyond qualified to be making all of these. Like, he's making a ton of amazing points in this same scene, and then yeah, it's like there's kind of a misogynist joke that like implies that like, oh, you know these actors you know they get it they don't they don't mind having to like have sex with these nasty directors in order to get work and that was and then the only other woman you see preparing in that sequence is uh flailing around because she's going to be a murder victim right yes
0: (laughs) um so yeah just most of the meaningful commentary in this movie about black representation in hollywood is about black men specifically and again in this movie black women are largely left out of the conversation
2: which is is a bummer because they are like as we were kind of talking about it's like the struggles that black women face in the industry are compounded with misogyny on top of everything Mm -hmm. so there's yeah i was bummed
4: and i think like another thing that makes it always like so tough is like in in this film there's also this like idea in the in this time period where a black woman's like the best thing she could be was a great mom or a great grandma you know in a Mm -hmm. lot of those movies and in those films and it's like and that was like that's like one of those things was like it 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 was like the importance of of black motherhood is shown like is very important in a lot of things that that robert townsend does Mm -hmm. and it's and it's also seen in this movie but it was the it's the fact that there's nothing beyond that you know right totally which is always like which is the disappointing factor
2: definitely I almost wish I was I I wish that his girlfriend was like also an actor or something like she could have been like included in the story that way where it's like oh here's a person we already know played by an amazing comic actress and and then like you Know, ask literally Anne Marie Johnson when you're writing this movie. Like, it, it's always that thing of just like, oh, if you don't, un, you know, fully know what are the specific struggles that black female actors face, just ask your friend. Like, yeah, you know? she's and, right and there. There's so much room for it. She's literally right there. She's on, <laughs> she's hanging out on the poster of your movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a great thing. Like, if if she had also been
0: like a struggling actor auditioning for roles that were largely racist stereotypes like that could have opened up all those opportunities for much needed
2: commentary on that very topic but and it would have just like made their relationship a little more interesting too yeah uh, because all we know is like they're dating they love they love each other which is like great but like they would be cool if they had like that like they bonded over this like shared frustration and struggle as well for sure Yeah, I just wish that there was more of Anne-Marie Johnson in this movie because in the middle I was like, wait a second, she's like super fucking talented. I wish she was Mm -hmm. doing more. I did like, I I guess that, yeah, the the mother figures, the mother and then particularly the grandmother Mm -hmm. who, what what show is she on? She's on Good Times. Yeah. (laughs) Another show I watched. I watched a lot of Nick at Night as a child. (laughs) Yeah. But I liked that Bobby's grandmother was kind of like she kind of ended up being the only person who, you know, saw what was going on and said it, Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. I just wish that there was like more. I don't know, more, (laughs) more of her.
0: Yeah. In fact, for the first like 50 or so minutes of the movie, I was like, oh, I guess we're just going to meet the grandmother and then she's never going to come back into the story but then she does and she plays a pretty significant role in sort of inspiring bobby to like walk off this set and quit this movie (laughs) because in this
2: world you bring your entire family to shoot a movie with you yep that was the other thing i was like wow he just brought literally everyone he knows to the set Uh (laughs) including his child brother
4: and they were filming the whole movie in that one day (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's like a goddamn play.
2: The harder you think of it about it, the less Jimmy's revenge makes sense. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <sighs>
0: but yeah, so I like that the grandmother character becomes important and a lot of what she says is like again part of this important commentary that's happening in the movie and then there's even like a nice conversation between her and bobby's mom where she's saying like i don't want a grandson of mine to be adding to all this negative imagery of black people in media and Mm -hmm. his mom is like yes everything you're saying is right But also it's work, like he needs to work. And if this is his chosen line of work, like he's got to do what's available to him. And so there's like that, you know, the push and pull of do I take a horribly racist role or do I, you know, like abide by my principles, which means never getting work and never making money. So it's like this whole... (laughs) the just a tug of war kind of thing with your own conscience. But um yeah. Yeah. Like we said, there's, we get introduced to the grandmother at the very beginning and then she's pretty much absent from the story until the last like 20 minutes or so.
2: Right. And I liked, I mean, I liked that conversation that his mother and grandmother We're having like that is I feel like that's like that conversation they're having is at the core of the movie and like clearly he like really values their respect and like doesn't want to disappoint them and they're kind of at the core of like the kind of like the back and forth that he's experiencing of like does he take this role or not but yeah but they're just barely there I don't Mm -hmm. know
5: yeah
4: yeah I mean it is it is one of those things where it's like I I wish there was Definitely more in that because that that central theme of the movie comes down to two black women talking and it's like I wish there was more of a lead up to it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It, that that was like that and then the uh the unchecked homophobia that Ooh, came yeah. up at a few points in this movie were certainly very nineteen eighty seven. <laughs>
5: certainly uh, Yeah. Mm.
2: But yeah, I don't know. It's that was I mean how the how the female characters are kind of sidelined uh was like really the the main thing that mm-hmm. bummed me out about this movie because otherwise it's like saying so much that no movie ever does and saying it that is so like still unfortunately like super relevant yeah and it's like you know black, black women deserve to be a, a part of that conversation and there's just as much if not you know even more like comedic stuff to draw on mm-hmm. um but it's just not what this movie's doing.
4: Yeah, I guess the, like the the mo- the one of the biggest bummers of it is like that's the that's the most that a lot of the black actress the three black actress in this movie got to do other than the stereotypes in the movie, like like that year, yeah. or mm-hmm. like, like that's also like just such a such such a stark thing is like they don't really do a whole lot in necessarily this movie, but it's. And it's still not it's at least not the thing that they're lampooning in it, and it's like still like such a mind warp of just like awfulness.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Wait, I'm this is I'm looking at Anne Marie Johnson's IMDB and I'm realizing I've seen her in so much stuff, including she was an iconic role on That's So Raven she played mm. donna cabana on that's so raven all my that's so raven heads <laughs> will know who i'm talking about wow <laughs> huge
4: she was in boomerang i remember Ooh. that
2: oh yeah Murphy. wow wait that makes me so happy i'm googling donna cabana because <laughs> <laughs> she had the best outfits Anyways, um, shout out to Donna Cabana. Mm, um, yeah. Don- <laughs> <laughs> it's saying it over and over.
4: It gets sillier. I, every I wish I knew what that was. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Same. I also did not
2: watch... That's So Raven. She's. Wait, I want to make sure I'm getting her character description right. I'm pretty sure she. Yeah, she's like a famous fashion designer in the world of That's So Raven. She's like Raven's hero. Ooh. She looks up to Donna Cabana and she wants to be just like Donna Cabana. And then she meets Donna Cabana. And guess what? Donna Cabana is a bit of a wacky character. Oh
5: my. Ooh.
2: Disney Channel. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um. So, you know, it's uh, written, uh, it's co-written with Keenan Ivory Waynes and Robert Townsend, directed by Robert Townsend, it's produced by Robert Townsend, and there is a woman in the mix here. Oh. Um, th- there is a uh, female Latinx producer named Lydia Nicole, who has gone by Lydia Fernandez at different times in her career, but... Uh, I did not like I once I saw pictures of her, she was in a bunch of uh, she's like a child actor who kind of became a producer Mm -hmm. and now um, is in charge of a a nonprofit called Common Sense Media and like advocates for representation in media. Uh, But this was like her first producing gig. She was previously in another movie we talked about recently, Stand and Deliver, Mm -hmm. the classic i think she was one of the students in stand and deliver i'm not i'm not exactly sure Mm -hmm. um but then she kind of pivoted into um producing and backing projects that she believed in she started doing stand-up in her late 20s and like started all these like women of color comedy showcases in la and like i don't know i just that rules i enjoyed learning about her and she she started um After that, she she collaborated with uh, Robert Townsend, I think a few more times. She's like a producer on a bunch of his projects Mm -hmm. and uh, and they're buds. So I just wanted to give her uh, her a shout out because it's always I mean, especially in the late 80s, there's like barely any women high up in any Hollywood project. And so I'm glad that she she like had a seat at the table there.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Shout out Lydia. Oh,
0: yeah. Shout out Lydia. I wonder if the character in this movie, Lydia,
2: was named after her. Yeah, I. That mean... probably
4: makes. Yeah. Wow.
2: Makes you. Th- I did not. I did all that research <laughs> and did not make that connection. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. See that? See that? That's that symbiotic relationship uh, you guys have. Your notes fit into each other's notes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we, we need each other to connect the dots sometimes.
4: Yeah. Yo, mad, mad venom vibes here. <laughs>
2: sometimes I listen to the themes that Eminem theme song from Venom when I just need a good laugh because it's so funny (laughs) whoa I didn't know that was a thing oh my I god all you about have that. to lose. it's just like him who knows what he's saying for most of it but then he goes just venom 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 but like it's just he just screams venom and you're just like this is such a disaster it's so, it's the funniest song in the world yes. i
4: forgot all about that song oh man yeah it's the best part of venom the they played in the movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: As if that movie could could it get any more like bash you over the head with when it's about M&M yeah. starts screaming venom in the middle <laughs> oh, so,
4: it's really funny. Oh, yeah, that movie is grief. wild. Oh, it's great. It was that's great. also the most San Francisco movie. That's like that yeah. year. It's like that movie and Last Black Man in San Francisco were like I was like wow, that the, it was like that was part of the the San Francisco come up. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs>
2: San Francisco representation at an all-time high.
4: You had Sorry to Bother You. Oh mm-hmm. yeah,
2: same. Here. Last
4: Black Man for San Francisco and Venom. Like they all came out like within a year. I was like, yo, mad San Francisco movies, all <laughs> very similar.
2: Oh <Hell> yeah. Wow. <laughs>
4: Incredible.
2: <laughs> Venom. <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> I was just going to uh, do a quick shout out. I mean, I don't really have like much to note in terms of his character, but always love to see John Witherspoon. Oh, oh yes,
4: man. John Witherspoon, so good, the best. He's his the boss best. at the hot dog stand. Oh, Winky, like, dinky dog. <laughs> Winky dinky dog. Winky dinky dog.
2: I was curious. I was like, when I saw that, I'm like, I wonder how, like, cause they're like uniform in the aesthetic. Is similar to Good Burger, and I'm like, I wonder oh, yeah. if Good Burger is pulling from the Hollywood Shuffle aesthetic. Wow! I
4: it's the it's mm-hmm. the expanded universe.
2: Yeah, Jamie,
4: <laughs> I think it's
0: crucial that we cover Good Burger on the Bechtel Cast.
5: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> in my
2: in my notes, I wrote like, "Am I reaching? <laughs>
5: Winky no. Dinky
2: Dog looks." i don't think so i
5: that
0: good burger was my favorite movie i don't know what year it came out but whatever year it came out that was my favorite movie of that year
4: that would have been like 97 yeah well
2: then i was
0: like i was like titanic was my favorite if it is 97 obviously titanic is my favorite movie of 97 but I,
4: i would love to see like you at like ten years old with your top ten, and you're like you're like yo you're like, yo, it's it's Titanic, it's good burger. Good burger. And I found as good as it gets, I found it tart. Like...
5: <laughs>
0: a bit derivative for me. Yeah, Thanks.
4: yeah, derivative. That was the word I was thinking. If tart's a flavor, right? <laughs>
2: I think movies can be tart. I haven't revisited Good Burger in so long. Oh, my God. But my little Good Burger antenna went up because they have the same, like, hats. I'm like, maybe that's just what hats looked like at fast food restaurants in the 80s and 90s. I don't know. I I don't remember.
0: Even so, even so, Good Burger is important for us to talk about. Speaking of winky-dinky dogs, um, Mm -hmm. another thing that didn't love to see obviously was Bobby constantly fat shames one of his coworkers at winky dinky dogs and uh, another just like of the time, still a problem in Hollywood. Not good. Um, Another thing I wanted to Sam, you brought this up, but I wanted to just say a little bit more about it as far as another piece of commentary that the movie does in terms of um, black actors with really impressive credentials being forced into again just the reductive roles that are available to yeah. them because there's that scene where like that guy's like I just I got my degree at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and then he goes on to try to audition for this role he doesn't do a good job and then he's like wait a minute I can do it in iambic pentameter yeah. um I
4: yeah yeah I always I always think of it as a class thing like I always think of him as like this this like uppity like uh ivy league guy and it's like oh no you can't even you can't you know you you are so removed from from what's like really going on to be able to do it and mm-hmm. and then to have the audacity to be like, oh, yeah, I can do it in <laughs> <It's like> my <laughs> is like my favorite thing. <laughs> I was
0: it's very it's so funny. I was reading it as how so many black actors will have like or just like performance artists in general. They'll have gone to like Juilliard or like, you know, some really well regarded school they'll have an impressive educational background they'll have had to put in so much more work than their white peers but you know have access to way fewer opportunities to showcase their hard work and their talent
2: which seems very pulled from like robert townsend's own life too because he's like extremely well trained he like went through all every second city course on the planet he was like a part of a theater company in new york like he like put in the hours and Mm -hmm. like yeah those scenes especially i feel like the movie is like at its strongest when he's like pulling from his like personal experience and like the same for keenan ivory wayne's because it's like yeah he he went to school for this for fucking years and years and years
4: you know uh I forgot to mention this when we were talking about winky dinky dogs. One of my <laughs>
2: Go on. Perfect beginning to a sentence. <laughs>
4: I uh I just love when he's like when we see that the minimum wage has only gone up five dollars.
0: Oh my gosh. In
4: thirty-two in thirty two <laughs> or thirty-three years, yeah. I was like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> cause he yeah. cause Keen Highway is like, I was making two fifteen, I'm making two sixty-five. <laughs> yeah.
5: Holy shit. Yeah. Oh,
4: man, I don't know what
0: adjusted for inflation that even is, but like, damn, it's just it's- not. it's criminal yeah. <laughs> how little we pay <laughs> It's uh,
2: not for good. minimum wage um <sighs> i wanted to uh caitlin you referenced this at the beginning i have some some notes on it that mm-hmm. how this movie was received at the time of its release yes um so it's kind of I, I i did notice that there were a few lukewarm reviews based on kind of the stuff we were talking about where like some reviewers kind of knocked Townsend for not addressing or just kind of making light of the struggle of black female actors mm-hmm. and also of queer people. Mm-hmm. And like there were certainly points lost mostly from female um, reviewers from that.
5: Yeah.
2: But uh, it's generally really well reviewed when it comes out. Ebert gave it three stars, wow. which I mean, he's only got
4: two <laughs> thumbs. He's only got two thumbs, but he's got three stars. Where's this motherfucker he... getting these, th- these stars from? And,
2: and he does, I guess. I, do, I guess he does three out of four stars. So yeah, if, he the, does four. if you're thinking of five, like, so he he gave he's, like, he said it was an artistic compromise, but a logistical triumph, announcing the arrival of a new talent whose next movie should really be something. And mm-hmm. it's like, shut up! But like, whatever.
4: yo, you sounded just you sounded just like Tarantula when you said. It. <laughs>
2: Wow. It's like people, people liked it and it, it was, it did really well. And it seemed like, um, yeah, everyone was like, oh wow. Like here's this like new auteur. And so, so that I found that I honestly, like you just never know with, especially in like the late eighties where it's like there's next to no one in the film reviewing community that is not an old white guy that like is really trying to be rog- Roger Ebert. Mm-hmm. So I think
0: there's that. worth noting though that at least on the Rotten Tomatoes count, mm-hmm. this movie was only reviewed by 25 critics versus major totally yeah. blockbuster wide release movies that will get hundreds of reviews. Mm-hmm. So this is the type of movie like it could have been elevated, had more, critics reviewed it and reviewed it positively and Mm -hmm. like that would have encouraged more people to see it and in fact I'm curious so listeners tell us how familiar you are with this movie because this movie I think is kind of it's like off the beaten path oh yeah for a
2: lot of audiences like it's not a super well-known movie and I I knew next to nothing about it before we started prepping for this episode
4: yeah I feel like most people I know very few people who have heard of it.
2: Mm-hmm. It's always
4: like it's always either someone has seen it and loved it or has never even heard of it. Right. Like I, mm-hmm. I've never met someone who's been like, oh, I heard of it. I, I I've always wanted to see it. You know, I've never like yeah. <laughs> like it's that kind of movie. Where it's like uh, people who would be into it have like definitely seen it. You know, or they're mm-hmm. like, wow, I can't believe I didn't see it. And, you know, it's like it reminds you of Night at Silver Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you say it? Knights of Rodanthe.
2: (laughs) I'm like, is is Rodanthe a person or a place? Um, We don't know. I think it's a
4: small village in Italy.
2: (laughs) That's honestly a safe
4: bet. (laughs) I was hoping you both were going to be like,
2: oh yeah, yeah,
5: yeah.
4: I've heard of it.
5: (laughs) No, here's
0: what's really embarrassing. I've seen knights. In Rodanthe, nights of Rodanthe. Of I don't know Rod- what preposition it is. <laughs> I've seen that movie. I have no idea what Rodanthe is. I I can't. Oh, I don't no. remember. It reminds me of uh,
4: that movie Evening. You ever see that? Mm-mm. No. It's like Vanessa Redgrave and like Patrick Wilson and um, Ooh. um, well, uh uh what's her name from uh Center Beauty the or No Beauty Beauty State the one with Billy Crudup where he, he's like uh Claire Danes. In Claire Danes, oh. and uh I don't know why that was the movie. That I was <laughs> yeah, well, of Claire Danes.
0: The <laughs> that was... way that you got to Claire Danes, that that was some more uh Tom Hardy Venom
4: <laughs> stuff.
2: <laughs> Rodanthe is a tiny village. Oh wow, it is. Yeah. Hell yeah. Nailed it.
4: Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys say you guys thought I didn't bring fucking notes. I brought notes. <laughs> I brought notes to the Bechdel. You know what I mean? Well,
0: um, does anyone have any other thoughts on Hollywood
4: Shuffle? Oh, yeah. We were talking about Hollywood Shuffle. <laughs> That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should do We should do a podcast episode about it. Yeah, should, oh, yeah I, it sometime. Sometime. Yeah. yeah.
5: I think that might be a good idea. We'll see.
4: <laughs> oh, I just wanted a... I just want to say, um, my favorite part in Hollywood Shuffle has always been uh, the the movie critics uh, segment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just my absolute favorite. I it, it's just jokes on top of jokes. I I love it so much. There, I don't want to see Attack of the Street Pimps, and I think it's it's bad. <laughs> Everything about it, it's its very existence is uh, bad for society, but. God damn, that's hilarious. That scene is just so fucking funny. When they're. Because, like, they reviewed those. And when they do the Amadeus, and he's like. I used to say it to so my friends. It's like, man, I ain't going to see any bullshit I can't pronounce. Like, how are you going to be like, how you going to be like, I'm going to see, I'm a, I'm a what? I, I, I can't stop laughing. And then when they do the Dirty Harry, because I always, I never liked Dirty Harry. And when they do yeah. the Dirty Larry, and, and that whole... Dirty Larry sequence, I think, is like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like when, when he's like, when they're talking about the guns and and then the, and then they're like, "Yo, you think you're gonna have a fucking conversation right now?" Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just, I just love this movie, man.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, that was and and at the end of the the attack of the street pimps review, they they eat like they were like it was full of stereotypes, but we thought the direction was brilliant. <laughs> <I> was like,
4: <laughs> when they're like, "Yo, that guy looks just like the dude from down the street," <laughs> I, I used to crack up so much. <laughs>
2: I really liked that. This is a very like specific joke that people don't make often because it's a weird joke to make often. But at the end of the movie reviewing section they give a a high five and they do like a light (laughs) slap they go like (laughs) which always makes me laugh so much when someone does a bunch of tepid high fives Mm. in a row hadn't seen it in a while I was laughing (laughs) I can't
4: remember if I'm gonna get you sucker came out before this I think it came out right after after? I think right after right so this was Damon Wayans debut on screen I think Wow. wow that's the other thing that's so amazing is like you look at this cast and it's just like a a list of black excellence from like you know damon wayans paul mooney robert townsend uh like it's it's just remarkable um
0: Mm -hmm. i just wish
2: more women had been involved meaningfully especially because they cast helen martin who is like an iconic Mm -hmm. black sitcom actress like Mm -hmm. why not give her more to do
4: yeah 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 no i mean hey i i i completely agree with you i love i love feminism and uh <laughs> famously
5: yeah, I, yeah, Uh yeah. new
2: t-shirt design
5: <laughs>
2: our merch is just getting more and more base as time passes <laughs>
5: just,
4: i love feminism sam ike <laughs> 2021 no yo if you guys start doing nah your next merch your next merch is going to be like you two as venom and Hardy like <laughs> front to back like one of you's Venom one of you is Hardy and like mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's the that's the new merch like yo Bechdel listeners if you're still listening go on the comments go on the go on the the cast reddit get Jamie and Durante to make Venom t-shirts
2: <laughs> done done
5: fine fine i'll do it <laughs>
0: Well, does the movie pass the
2: Bechdel test? Um I think but- I didn't think it did. I wasn't I wasn't sure. I honestly like I wasn't paying super super close attention, but it did seem like most times female characters were talking to each other. It was about either bobby or there is that thing where they were um at the at the audition scene where two nameless actresses were talking about yeah um getting sexually harassed by a male director
0: there's a couple so. of, there's a scene where the like the casting director i think is like her oh, role. yes yeah her, she is named as millicent she is talking mm-hmm. to another woman who gets named as miss strickland and they talk about the role that Miss Strickland is auditioning for and like the type of person they are looking for. So that technically passes. And then the scene with Bobby's mom. (laughs) (laughs) I was so nervous. Wait.
2: So it does pass. I think it does.
0: Wow. I would also, I think there's an argument to be made for the scene where Bobby's mom and grandma, they are talking about Bobby, but it's part of a larger conversation about negative representations of black people in media Mm -hmm. so i was like okay that that feels like it could be maybe an exception to the rule i don't know bottom line women aren't in this movie enough there's not enough commentary on the way black women are represented in media
2: no and it's a bummer because there's more than enough like room for it in this movie and like more than enough material to Mm -hmm. and things to be said yeah About it.
0: And with that in mind, as far as our nipple scale, in which we rate the movie on a scale of 0 to 5 nipples based on an intersectional examination of the movie, Mm -hmm. even though it is providing a lot of really funny and effective commentary on the way Black men specifically are represented in Hollywood, as we've been saying, there is... A noticeable lack of commentary as it relates to black women mm-hmm. and their representation in media. And I think even though some of the characters who are women in the movie. Like, especially the grandma, I would say, is the kind of most important character to Bobby. Yeah. She still doesn't get that much screen time. His his girlfriend doesn't get much screen time. We know nothing about her. Mm -hmm. There's There's just not enough there. And there are many cases in which Black men haven't shown up for Black women as much as they should. And this just kind of feels like one of those examples of, like... Why wouldn't you, when you're making a movie that is specifically like a satire and specifically commentary on Black representation in media, why wouldn't you include Black women in that more meaningfully? And then there's the homophobic jokes and slurs that get made. I, so I don't know where to land on this exactly on the nipple scale. Yeah. I guess I'll, I think I can only really
2: give it like a 2.5. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna go like a two two point five. I, I agree yeah. with with everything you're saying. Um yeah, there's just there's a ton of opportunities to include women and, and commentary on how black women struggle in Hollywood here. It wasn't done. You have like such a like such such tremendously talented black actresses in this movie and they don't really get to do much Mm -hmm. but I I do feel like this movie does something that just wasn't done at all at this time and there wasn't any money put behind and the fact that it exists through like Robert Townsend's like sheer willpower is really amazing Mm -hmm. yeah and, and and I was happy to see that there is a female producer but yeah ultimately it's like there's no reason women and queer people shouldn't have been included more meaningfully here. And mm-hmm. uh, I wish it had. Yeah. That said, I really enjoyed the movie. It's <laughs> I'm I've, I've, like, I would I, if you haven't seen it genuinely, you should see it. It's really funny and good. Yeah. But two nipples, as far as uh, as far as our scale goes, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I will give. Uh, hmm. Who will I give my nipples to? I will give. I will give one to Helen Martin, and I'll give one to Anne Marie Johnson. I'll go the obvious route.
0: I'll do the same, and I'll give my extra half nipple to Winky Dinky Dogs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Iconic.
0: Yeah. Sam, what about you? What are your thoughts?
4: Um, I. I do agree with everything you said. I think for me it's one of those things is just like a male black comic. It's I see I look at the film and I just see what it what it's done. Mm-hmm. And to me I feel like some of its shortcomings is made up for what it has done for black creative people as a whole for 30 mm-hmm. years. Sure. And I think that it set a standard it set a precedent it set a pathway and mm-hmm. I think that pathway has been used greatly for men and women this there's, there's still like a there's still a lot to do but i I do feel like it does do that, and you know at the same time it's just like there's not there weren't a lot of um just to get to a black male in nineteen eighty seven writing producing and starring in his own film that is seen by countless theaters across the country that mm-hmm. feat in and of itself i feel like is just so impressive and just and just so meaningful mm-hmm. overall that i think that it it that some of the stuff that i think would be if it was remade today which you know we already talked about why it wouldn't work today but like if it was remade today i think those things would not be in it right so mm-hmm. i i look at it as like it also probably wouldn't have as meaningful of an impact as it did then. And I, I sure. feel like what it does there, I feel like is just like, it's the only thing I can see when I see the film.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: But I, I, again, don't, I don't disagree. It's just, it's just, it it's just something that I, I can only see its progress because mm-hmm. it's just, it's the only thing like it. There's, there still hasn't been yeah. anything quite like it besides Scary Movie, which is... Made by the the co writer of the film, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it's a feat that only two black guys have ever done in thirty years, and one of them, both of them, were in that same movie, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's yeah. just that that's that's what I see. But I also don't disagree with anything you said. Uh, at the end of the day, I would give it like I would give it five nipples, and I would give all of them to Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> mm.
5: <laughs> <laughs> the twist wait f- <laughs>
0: full disclosure i might cut that whole human stain part out of the episode so if you want to <laughs>
2: I, li- I i like it i like it. i like the mystery <laughs> i will based on based on what you just described i, I i'll i'll bump up to a, a 2.5 I'll, I'll match caitlin there because i hadn't yeah like the, the fact that hollywood shuffle did like Paved the way for mm-hmm. black female comedians, black female you know auteurs. Like, yeah, it's
4: very existence is the the thing that I find so as funny. Like to me, it's still one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. But it's very existence even exceeds how much I love its humor. Mm-hmm. Sure,
0: yeah, it, it's legacy. Even though, and that's what kind of like I wish it had. It definitely has a legacy, and it definitely did a lot to. Pave the way and inspire, particularly Black filmmakers and just artists of color. I wish that it had a bigger legacy in terms of I wish more people have seen this movie, but but you can
2: see its impact truly. Like what well, it was, it was kind of fun to watch this movie and also and and be able to be like, oh, I you know I've seen like a ton of TV and movies that clearly are pulling from this movie. I just didn't realize it. Right. Mm. Totally. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's. And it, yeah, it's just it's so I can't stress enough how to any listener that hasn't seen it, like how goddamn funny it is, it's so funny mm-hmm. do mo- oh i I wonder, do most of your listeners have they seen the movie like do they tell you if they've seen the movie like
0: some people only listen to the episode if they've seen the movie, some people will watch will listen to the listen episode regardless. regardless of whether or not they've watched the movie
4: yeah because most of the movies you guys do is old so i was I, I was always fascinated like yeah because I wonder if i <laughs> i wonder I wonder if anyone's listeners and hasn't seen it and still wants to see it like you know what I mean like yeah. I, it's always i'm always i'm I'm fascinated like if that if you guys have any of that kind of like ratio if like there's a lot of people that are like oh yeah yeah I checked out Lolita because I heard her on the back Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hopefully not that one. But. <laughs> I, th- I think that
0: um, regardless of it, its shortcomings that we discussed, I think this is a movie worth watching. So if you have not seen it Hell and yeah. you have listened Absolutely. to this episode all the way to this point, I would recommend checking the movie out because, again, it's still making a lot of meaningful and important and effective points mm-hmm. that are still, again, all too relevant today. So in that way, it like there's some things that like age poorly about this movie the you know the homophobia and the fat shaming and the kind of ignoring women but there's other there's many other things about you know the
2: ignoring one
0: (laughs) (laughs) but there's other (laughs) but other things about it are are still sadly pretty relevant so Mm. yeah um, well Sam, thank you so much for joining us on this roller coaster of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh I've had a blast. Me too. So oh, thanks for being yeah. here. Uh where yeah. can people check out your your stuff, follow you on social media?
4: Yeah, um you can follow me at uh The Sam Ike on Twitter and Instagram um you can also um if you want i've been trying to become like the biggest zoom comic so if you can follow <laughs> me on zoom hell
5: um, yeah
4: i'm www.zoom.com slash 467 hp 52 fc 27 wxy that's my zoom link click on it i'll join you get in the group build my brand <laughs>
2: Fuck yeah. Amazing.
4: It's gonna happen. I
2: got a good feeling about this, Sam. The pivot to Zoom is gonna be huge.
4: It's gonna be big. Yo, Loftus. I'm gonna be crushing it. I'm gonna get like I'm already at like I'm already at like three thousand Zoom followers, yo. Wow (laughs) Just people just sitting there waiting for me to come on and be like, yo, here's my house.
0: And you know what? You know who also is going to
2: hear this?
4: Jill Loftus. Jill. Oh, Jill's about to send a Zoom request. <laughs> did she listen to every episode? Yeah.
2: She listen, She she will listen to your episode. She doesn't listen. Caitlin has a, a more thorough mother than I do. My mom <laughs> does
4: listen to every episode. Hi, Mom. Hi, Thanks. Lori. Yo, Mrs. Durantula, yo. Shout out. <laughs> uh, Durantula has always been really tight. Uh, I hope you're enjoying Scranton uh shout out she
0: doesn't live in scranton
4: oh (laughs) i always thought i thought you i thought you're from scranton
0: no i've never lived none of my family has ever lived in scranton they live outside of state college pennsylvania
4: uh damn it yes you're right you're you tell me that every time and i always think you're saying scranton i I always for some reason i always think you're saying (laughs) (laughs) scranton oh good grief
0: Well, uh, yeah, so our moms are cool. That's the moral of this story. And uh, what else? You can follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at BechtelCast. You can check out our patreon aka matreon we have a bunch of episodes there in the back
2: catalog and probably you... a lot of diane lane on the way who Ooh, knows yeah. so much the diane,
4: diane lane, lane collection. coming up <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait for your listeners to be like yo i really liked them but when they got into that diane lane phase it was really tough
2: <laughs> 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 they just lost me they lost that magic when they started focusing on strictly diane lane unfortunately
0: it is going to inspire us to change the name of the podcast to the rectal cast (laughs) and who knows what that's going to be about even diane really fucked us over (laughs) but anyway if you do want to check out our matreon material you can do that at patreon.com slash it's a five dollar a month subscription and you get access to two bonus episodes every month plus all past and future diane lane episodes Ooh.
4: holy shit is this a bonus episode no this is a no, real this one is a this is a oh. Made, baby oh shit <laughs> yeah oh fuck i would have like tried I noticed. <laughs> you would have taken notes. Yeah.
5: I, would have, I would have taken notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly,
0: it's too late. It's, it's fine. It's better that you didn't. Yes. yes. Perfect. We wouldn't have gotten the Tom Hardy Venom reference
2: if you had taken
5: Nuts. notes.
4: And that was
2: just beautiful, pure improv. <laughs>
5: pure
4: score. Yo, I love yes and and shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Del Close. Uh,
0: also, we've got our T Public store where you can get all of our our merch, including
2: maybe a new T shirt design that is I love feminism. I love feminism. Sam, <laughs> <Semi. laughs> <laughs> let's see how many they're gonna start. They're gonna start really just flying off the shelves.
4: Yo, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the way to go, you guys got to get into that venom. You gotta get get into yeah. that venom. Oh, lane. sure,
0: yeah, that too. It's true.
4: <laughs> they got that sequel, Woody Harrelson. Oh, really? Oh, God. Yeah, Woody Allison's going to be Carnage. Oh, He's no Carnage thanks. is like Venom, but red.
0: Pass. Hard pass. Um, but yeah, you can Maybe get I'll our merch it. at tpublic.com slash Bectocast. And uh,
2: with that, bye, everyone.
5: <laughs> Hell
4: yeah.
2: Bye. Bean Dad, The Dress.